the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, we examine the NHL as Commissioner Gary Bettman announces the end of the season and provides the how of the playoffs without giving us a win. Major League Baseball does not have the same success in moving forward in a corona world, and ESPN's 30 for 30 examines another failed attempt to at spring football in small potatoes. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. Hey everyone, it's Mac. And I'm Heather, who's still digging her foot out of the back of her mouth. Lewis. (laughs) Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to your podcast anywhere you find your podcast. And if you're an Apple subscriber, we will we would love a five-star review. We will read it on the air. There are no reviews this week. Um, so how are you guys this week? Uh, I'm starting my last class as an undergrad, so that's pretty cool. Um, that's exciting. Yeah, and he's already had two assignments up. So thanks, Professor, for like just starting this class off running you know no no segue into it just like bam introduce yourself bam first assignment bam second assignment i'm like man fuck but heather how you doing this week you know what i am drowning in dog piss and dog shit and this puppy is chewing on everything to include my computer charging cable is not a good time right now in the lewis household but God, we he's adorable. Adopt puppies. We adopted like a three-year-old dog and he was already trained and everything. No, no, we needed a puppy because we, you know, we wanted to train it. Like, yeah. like we, you know, we really wanted to be hands-on in that. And it's just, God, I forgot how just awful it is. It's been a long time since I've had a puppy, like yeah. a puppy puppy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I would take I would take doing toddlerhood with my children over doing this. <laughs> I don't I don't know what that's no, like, so no. I can't really no. see. I, I'm going to disagree with you on that. No, listen, because my children don't didn't chew through like furniture and shoes and it's power cables. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive they did. Because <laughs> kids will chew through damn near anything. I know they will. I they're know like, they will. I was, they're like I was there for rats. all of it. Listen, <laughs> I was there for all of it. So, like, they didn't. I had great kids. Although, although my child, although Gracie did chew her uh, her crib, and so it kind of looked like a beaver slept in there, just from yeah. all the little teeth marks. But I mean, other than that, it was fine. It was fine. I mean, you could you could have had you know my niece who has uh, ever since she was old enough to sleep on her own has refused to sleep in her bed. She curls up on the floor on her face next to the door. Well, I mean, that's one um, way of doing it. Like, yeah. like pic- picture a kid trying to peek under the door to see mommy and daddy, and that's how she falls asleep every night. I mean, at least she's going to sleep every night. Um, I mean, at but, that point, at that point, you just leave some blankets and a pillow for her to get situated and let her take care of business. Right? <laughs> you guys all have a good Memorial Day weekend. I mean. I'm not going to complain about it. I hung out with my kids, you know, I, I got some reading done, you know, and I uh, avoided every vet bro on the planet because I wasn't in the mood to hear, this is not a day that you should be enjoying yourself. Bro, calm the fuck down, okay? Like, anybody who's ever lost somebody uh, that served, you know, damn well they don't want you moping around, one. And two, you know what they used to do, you know? Right. The, they, they would be right there. That's always been my argument. They yeah. would be right there partying with us. So, yeah, I had I had a good weekend. I finally got a chance. We just got a new grill. Uh, so I got a chance to uh, cook up some steaks and some pork chops over the weekend. Jesus Christ, Tim, you're only a child and a pair of New Balance away from embracing your inner dad it's really it's it really is like that commercial of you know once you buy a house you 
turn into your parents. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. This is yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, I've already I've already chose my uh, my 30s career path. I'm a podcaster, so we're already there. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that's my set class for my thirties. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I guess I got into it a little late, you know, because I'm I'm gonna be thirty nine this year, and you know, I mean, God knows, I don't know what the cutoff date for podcasting is. You cannot be old as fuck in podcasts. So you think, I think you, guys, you can. You guys are gonna have to replace me. You you will have to replace me. I mean, you guys, you are not the oldest person on our network, at least. You know what? I'll take that. I, I will uh. take that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to name names, but you're not the oldest people on our podcast or on oh, our network. Notice he he lumped us together, Heather. That's mm-hmm. kind of fucked up. Yeah. All right. Yep. I was I, I was trying I was trying to take all that on my own, but he decided <laughs> no. to lump me into it too. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks Just a Tim. reminder: we are part of the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. We do have. Uh, Three other shows currently, Marital Tiffs, Dead Girls Talking, and That's Just My Face. Uh, Stay tuned for more from that, but you can find out more information at 910 Comedy on Facebook. Uh, Our lead story this evening, the NHL rolled out their plan for how the league would finish the year. Uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman announced that effective immediately, the regular season was officially over and then rolled out the way the playoffs will take place, but stress that it was only going to happen once it was deemed safe. Um, to summarize, it was uh, 12 teams in each conference would make the playoffs, uh, leaving just 10, eight or 10 teams out. Uh, the top four seeds in each conference will get a buy in the first round. Each conference will play in one hub city. They did name 10 potential finalists for the hub cities, uh, Chicago, Toronto, Edmonton, Pittsburgh, Vancouver, Dallas, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Columbus, and Minneapolis, St. Paul are in contention, but no final spot has been named. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. We we all know that they would be better served uh, sticking to Canada. Um, they yep. have better, they've got better testing protocols. Um, and if you do Toronto, you know, you've got the space to, uh, you know, house everybody and make sure that, you know, you're, 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 conducting the rest of the season in a safe manner. Um, yeah, Toronto and Vancouver would probably be my choices for yeah, the two I mean, hub cities. I mean, there is no reason. I mean, honestly, the United States has shown we don't, we, we've neglected a lot of the testing part. Uh, we're, you know, say what you want about our goofy cousins to the north. Uh, they really embrace social distancing and those safety protocols much earlier and in a more comprehensive way than we did. Uh, and, and like you said, Toronto or Vancouver, uh, you know, or Vancouver, you know, you really can't go wrong there. You know, they're huge right. metropolitan areas, you know, the only so wh- playoff hockey those cities would see. Uh, yeah. I mean, both the, the Maple Leafs and the, the Canucks are, are kind of scuffling right now, but I mean, still, if that's the way they want to go, there's really no reason for them to go stateside, honestly. Yeah. The um, number one argument I've seen against it is that uh, Canada's still not allowing travel into the country. But I feel like a country that has moved elections for playoff hockey can figure out a way to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Those it, are it, big facts. Yeah, I mean, and, dude— uh, you know, uh, Gavin Newsom came out and said that, you know, sports can pick up in California. Mm-hmm. Um, so did the governor of New Jersey. You know, even Cuomo is starting to say, oh, you I know, missed that announcement from Newsom. Yeah, news. It was about it was last week. You know, Newsom mm-hmm. came out and said that it just no fans can be present, you know. So, uh, you know, I it, I'm glad to see Batman kind of trying to get out in front of all this with a comprehensive plan where the other leagues have not yet. No. Um, the last so, I heard, the NBA was considering a group style playoff, kind of similar to how the World Cup is done. Yeah. And and you know what? It, do, do whatever it takes to, to get your league back up. You know, I get that. You know, and they're they're kind of looking at the same kind of a uh, hub style, you know, playing in, in Houston or uh, in Disney, you know, at the, the wide world of sports complex. Yeah. You know, but Bettman has offered this is what we're doing as soon as we get the OK from from governments, you know. And uh, I mean, honestly, I, I think Trudeau uh, and 
being the prime minister of a country that's, you know, its official religion is hockey, um, <laughs> you know, would be willing to say, you know, what, we can we can let X amount of players in and X amount of staff in. You know, they'll have to go through this uh, level of quarantine and this level of testing, you know, in order to get them on the ice. So, I mean, I, yeah. I you know, I think it's they, smart. They did say they're limiting all teams to 50 personnel per team uh, in whatever city that it is. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense considering uh, if, if memory serves correctly, you've got 24 players on an active roster. So you've got 26 other people associated with the, uh, the org, you know, the individual teams that that'll be traveling, you know? So, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a smart idea. Um, You know, I think it's better than, uh, you know, the bullshit that we're seeing from major league baseball and the NBA you know, which are just kind of like rough ideas. Like if Heather and I decided to sit down and crack open a 12 pack and we're like, Hey, we could do this if we wanted to, but mm-hmm. nothing's, nothing's really official. You know, no, nobody's really put anything out there or called a press conference, you know? Um, well, you so know, I mean, I think maybe that's what they need to do then. You know what? Is just open up a 12 pack and just be like, let's, oh yeah. let's hammer this shit out. Yeah. I mean, they, they honestly, they need to, um, because I mean, at least with the NHL, we're we're seeing a tangible effort to get them back on the feet, you know, back out into their arenas, right, on the ice, which is more than you could really say about Major League Baseball right now, or uh, you know the the like uh, kind of divergent uh, lines of thought when it comes to college and, and pro football, where they're like, nope, nope, we're not going to play in front of fans, but a couple articles that are written, they're like, no, every plan that we are talking about right now was talking about playing in front of fans you know so it's just like jesus christ you know uh, you you guys are idiots but college football can't even decide whether or not they're going to be able to play if students aren't actually returned to campus yet and the thing is there's 50 states in the united states you're gonna Mm -hmm. have 50 different uh sets of laws and and, and, and rules and regulations in order to you know that you have to kind of uh take into account when you're talking about you know, kicking off this season. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Um, there's still time, but, you know, a lot of these really smart epidemiologists and virologists are like, nah, man, uh, October, November, we'll probably see another spike, um, mm-hmm. which, you know. Which you guys, is in the yeah. middle of the season. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So, who fucking knows? Honestly, who fucking knows? Listen, it's important to stress. Li- oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, listen. We we are keeping the trophy, the championship trophy at LSU, very well fed. It is being cared for. <laughs> I'm sure that it would not mind extending its stay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, th- this is competing for the Stanley Cup, and we all know that that is the greatest sport sports trophy there is. Uh, I would put that up against the Grey Cup. Uh, I, I love the Grey Cup, you know, CFO, okay, fair. You know, trophy. Um, and I love how everybody's name who's won it is etched on it. Uh, you know, just think 20 years from now, it's going to be so big and so long. No one's going to be able to hold it over their head. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, the physics just won't be there. But I mean, it is. It's an amazing trophy with a lot of history. And again, I, I never thought I'd say anything positive about Gary Bettman, the troll that he is. Uh, but, you know, good on him for, for yeah. putting out a tangible, well-thought-out plan. You know? Yeah, and it's important to stress that this is the how, but it's n- in no way the uh, the when. Yeah. Um, they don't have a timeline for return, but they have the when that timeline is viable, this is how we're doing it. Yeah. Major League Baseball continues to bicker with the Players Association over how the players will be paid if or when the season starts. The MLBPA has stated that a revenue-sharing plan is a non-starter, while the owners have put forth a tiered pay cut plan that essentially lessens the amount sacrificed by players, making the least while cutting a much higher amount from the highest-paid players. Yeah, I mean, if you looked at the uh, the ESPN.com article, like your highest paid guys are going to lose 70% of their pay. Um, yeah. So so I saw the chart and it, it said pay cut 
for like the forty million dollar players was like seven million. Was that two seven million, or was that they were losing seven million in pay? No, they're going to lose that. I mean, the thing is, it's 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 a it's a tiered system um, that is part of a percentage system. So, like, say if the season kicked off in uh, July first, right? Well, we'll say right. it kicks off in July first, and they play you know, a, a half a season or 82 games or whatever the fuck they were talking about, right? The ownership proposed that they would draw X amount, uh, and I believe it was like 54% of all revenues generated. And the players okay. would get 46%. And all those cuts would be dependent on what that 46% looked like. So it, it, it's it's a, I mean, honestly, the owners are, are going to cry poor, and they're going to, you know, and it, a lot, not, I can't even say a lot, maybe half these owners draw a lot of their revenue from, you know, like personal seat licenses and, and, and gate revenue. Um, but, you know, th- this type of thing is going to negatively affect teams like the Royals and the Indians and the Rays. Um, you know, Milwaukee will probably be beat over the head with this. You know, a lot of your smaller markets, your mid your mid to small markets are going to feel this one uh you know, more than like the Yankees and the Red Sox and, and, and the Chicago Cubs and, you know, and the Dodgers, like they're not going to feel it the way the smaller market teams will because there's money to back them up. Um, so like for teams, you know, again, like the Indians, you got a player like Francisco Lindor. Uh, I guarantee you Batman or not Batman, but uh, uh, Manfred is going to go ahead and say, okay, the season kicks off. We're going to do the, tr- there's not going to be a trade deadline. Just make trades to improve your team as the season goes. Right. You know, uh, so it's going to it's it's going to force teams like the Indians and, and, you know, those smaller market teams to, to move their their top players because they're not going to have the revenue stream to support free agency the following season. You know, yeah. this is this is going to take a couple of years for teams to kind of get back up on their feet. Yeah, um, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. But I mean, I, I just I don't understand why the why the owner. I mean, I understand why I just what literally the owners are doing is trying to paint the big stars of the game, the guys like Mike Trout and, and Bryce Harper. As the bad guys. They're going to paint them as the bad guys when they are the face of the league. Those are the those are the players that are pulling in the young fans that baseball needs to stay relevant because baseball is full of fans that are old, white, and angry. I mean, honestly, these guys are still bitching about Roger Maris hitting 61 and 61, you know? So, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous, you know? Um, but, like, that you got to think, you know, they've got a collective bargaining agreement that's going to expire and, and guys like trout and Harper, uh, they're going to remember all of this. Yeah. And and those big names that have become the face of the league, they're going to remember this shit and they're going to tell their player reps when it comes time for that negotiation, uh, not just no, but fuck no, man. You know, you wanted to talk shit about us and make us look bad, you know, during the COVID crisis, uh, you can just suck every dick on the dick tree as you fall mm-hmm. from the top branch, you know, like yep. it's just, you know, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, and, and that's I think that's why I give Batman and Adam Silver and even Goodell to a point. They're like trying to work with everybody. They're not trying to make a big mm-hmm. divide between ownership and player because they want these seasons to start and have a playoff. And, and, and give fans what we were craving at this point, which is live sports that I don't have to get up at 5 a.m. and watch the KBO for, you know, like. It's I haven't just, had a chance to watch any of that. How is that? It, it's it's baseball, and I appreciate it. Uh, a former Pittsburgh Pirate, uh, something Kong Ho, he just got a year suspension uh, from the KBO because he got, like, his sixth DUI in the last four years in Korea. So, um mm. Yeah, but he he was a he was a good ball player for the Pirates for two or three years, um, but you know I mean it's just uh, you know the the ownership uh, you know the owners and and, and uh, Rob Manfred they need to get their head out of their ass and realize that they're all partners in this together to try and get Major League Baseball uh, back on the field so they can salvage whatever they can. But I mean I I think Marcus Stroman hit it right. You know he was like I don't ex-, you know he's like I'm not expecting to go back to work. You know. Well- do you, well, do you know what I watched? That was sports ish, 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 ish on What's ESPN that? the other day because that's where I'm at in my life right now. <laughs> the American Cornhole League. Hey, uh, the ACL is awesome. 
listen, I'm just saying, this is where we're at now. That ESPN, not the Ocho, but actual real ESPN, is airing ACL games. Well, Heather, or, this is just- or tournaments or leagues or whatever they're called. Okay. This, is just, this is just a return to their roots because they used to carry shit like that when they first started. Right? And no and yeah. no sports league wanted any part of cable. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? Here we are. Hey, yeah. if people are looking for sports-related content, I highly suggest this show that debuted today, Game On. I have no idea what was going on in it, but it, it was sports-adjacent, and it was highly entertaining. And if you want to see Mark McGrath... Uh, Coolio and Macy Gray kick a soccer ball against a comedian. It's super entertaining. The thing is, I don't know if I want to see that because that's that's three sets of hips that can all get dislocated real fucking quick. (laughs) Mark McGrath, Coolio and Macy Gray. Well, is it um, is it uh, tag supposed to start soon? That was last week. It actually last I enjoyed week. the okay. heck out of that. My wife okay. couldn't stand it, but I'm planning on watching it. I'm, I've got it recording right now. Okay. Uh, that's got the the three Watt brothers, JJ, TJ, and I didn't know Derek Watt was a person who played for the Chargers, but apparently there's a third Watt brother. Yeah, yeah it's kind of, he's, he's kind of like, you know, that mystery Hemsworth brother. Or, or that they just kind of keep in the closet, you yeah, know, under the just, stairs. The third Gronkowski brother. Isn't Derek a fullback or some shit like that? I don't know what he plays, yeah. but and, I, I mean, the show is definitely J.J. Watt's show. Yeah. And the others are just kind of there. Uh, they they haven't grown into like like J.J. can host the show on his own. Uh, the other two don't have the personality yet to do it. Uh, but it's wait, it's wait, so wait, wait, funny. Yet? It's literally parkour meets American Gladiators because like the the. The taggers all have cheesy names throwing back to like the blade and laser of American gladiators. Are they in obnoxious spandex suits? Um, they're in obnoxious something or other. <laughs> um, but but they've got names like Atomic Ant and Geek, and they're all doing parkour and. Wow. It's so entertaining. And it's not just running around on a single obstacle course. Like there's different styles of the tag games. It's super entertaining and I highly recommend it. Uh, well, it's better than what I was watching. I was watching a Legends Football League, which is literally a video game simulator on like an Xbox special. <laughs> but but people pay hundreds of dollars to own a team in these leagues. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, but I mean I've I've, I've found myself bored a couple of times. And I'm just like, okay, let's check this out. And then I just find myself watching it. And I'm like, you are a sad person. You are a very, very sad person right now. <laughs> You're contemplating all of your life's choices. Yeah. Where, you yeah. Like, where did I go wrong? What yes. did I do? <laughs> well, the moral of the story is that all these leagues need to get their shit together because we are desperate for sports content. Yes, we are dying out here. So please, commissioners... Just please, just get your shit together and give us something to watch safely. Make sure it's done safely. I don't want to see these guys getting sick or, or, or hurting uh, to, to serve your financial needs. Mm-hmm. What do you say? All right. Well, let's turn to our, our conversational piece for the night. Uh, the ESPN 30 for 30 this week was Small Potatoes, the story of the USFL. Mm-hmm. And uh, first off, there was way too much of a certain individual uh, who currently <coughs> resides in the White House. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand why he was featured so prominently. It's his fault that we don't have spring football. Well, I, I'm going to go ahead. It, it wasn't just his fault. I would bless it up 70-30. 70% the Cheeto and 30% the rest of the owners that backed him. Uh, and also went fucking whole hog on expansion in year two. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, you don't go 12 to 18 teams after a, a mildly successful year. Yeah. Yeah. It just that was a pure cash grab, you know, um, and they said that even in, in the documentary. You know, they were like, you know, this guy was paying four million down to buy a team. And then it got dispersed amongst the other owners. And that's how um, if 
if any of you listeners are interested in actually reading about the USFL, Football for a Buck by Jeff Perlman, I've read it. It's amazing. Um, he gets more in depth than that, but that's how a lot of these guys they they lost so much money in year one. They pushed yeah. hard. For, they pushed well, hard just... for expansion and use that money, the expansion fees, to pay you know to kind of keep their team floating in year two. Yeah, well, I mean, that was kind of what I gathered uh, in my research on it was was like this was definitely a story of the just the old adage of you know counting counting your chickens before they've hatched like that's exactly what happened i mean i i I, what i liked most i thought it was way too short for the story uh Mm. that the producer the doc wanted to tell considering he was affiliated you know he was the production guy for the usfl um but they they, that was the shortest one that we've watched so far yeah you know, but focusing on John Bassett, who was one of the founders of the WFL in the mid-70s. He was one of the founders of the WHA, you know, and he was one of the founders of the USFL. Um, but he had a small, like, essentially running it like a small business um, where to keep costs down, uh, every team, uh, they did a regional draft. It wasn't like the NFL draft we know. So wherever your team was, you got to pick from schools in that area, you know, Um that way you had local college stars to come in on your team and people can get really pumped up about it. And you don't have to worry, like say, you know, in Bassett's case in Tampa, you don't have to worry about the Pittsburgh Maulers drafting, you know, a guy that went to uh, university of Florida, you know, like Mm. you, you had like a feeder system for big names. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that kind of went off the rails when they decided to go out and spent, start spending money hand over fist for Heisman trophy winners yeah, because they had three consecutive Heisman yeah. Trophy winners yeah. in the league. Yeah. I'm wearing the shirt of one of them, one Douglas Flutie from Boston College. Okay, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it was a, it was not a sustainable business model. Um, and when you look at Steve Young's deal, and I mm-hmm. thought that was one of the funniest parts with his mom screaming, "It's an annuity! It was an annuity!" Like he. He only got, I think, like his deal called for him to get paid 500k per season for his deal. But then they had an annuity set up that would pay him like another 38 million dollars. Jesus Christ! Right? It was ridiculous. Right. Um, you know, but I mean, you knew the the league, which it was, Tim. Like you said, it was semi-successful. Um, it was on bad footing when, in three seasons, they had two different commissioners. Okay. Fair. And, and what you didn't get to see on the documentary was after the first season, okay, after the very first season, all right, you had teams starting to merge into each other because these owners could not afford to pay for these guys. After the first season, the Boston Breakers moved to New Orleans and became the New Orleans Breakers, okay? Mm. Um. They expanded from 12 to 18 teams, at, adding the Pittsburgh Maulers, the Houston Gamblers. I also have that shirt as well. The San Antonio Gunslingers have that shirt. The Memphis Showboats, the Oklahoma Outlaws, I will come to that in a second, and the Jacksonville Bulls. Um, now, here, here's the kicker. The Wranglers and the Blitz traded fans after the first – or traded players after the first season. After the first season, they just traded organizations. Just straight up, like, we'll trade you your team for our team? Yep. And okay. At, after the second season, Oklahoma, the, the Outlaws and the uh, Arizona Wranglers merged together to form the Arizona Outlaws. And I have that shirt as well. Uh, of course <laughs> you do. God. How many Uf- USFL shirts do you have? Uh, seven. Jesus Christ. Uh, I am a USFL fanboy, okay? Um, but I think, you know, the, the you know, the, the invaders, uh, you know, they went tits up. The Washington franchise, the Federals, moved to Orlando for the last season. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the championship team the second year, the Philadelphia Stars, moved to Baltimore, okay? Like, it, it was just... You know, ridiculous. Okay, the Michigan Panthers merged with the Oakland Invaders uh, after the second season, and the Maulers went, you know, uh, tits up. So I mean, it was. And I it hate was, to say it, but it seems like the only team that was properly managed was uh, New Jersey. No, I mean the no. band is 
the, the, band, the bandits and the stars were probably better managed when Doug Flutie was signed to his contract. Okay. Um, Donald Trump sent a memo out to the rest of the owners and said, you guys have to help me pay his salary because I did this for the league is what he claimed. All right. That's that sounds about right. Now, hold on. I'm going to read you guys something. After Donald Trump sent that memo out and then said, we are moving to fall. John Bassett. All right. On official Tampa Bay Bandits letterhead wrote this to Donald Trump. Dear Donald. On a number of occasions over the past meetings, I have listened with astonishment at your personal abuse of the commissioner and your various and various of your partners if they did not happen to espouse one of your causes or agree with one of your arguments. It is obvious from the record that you are a talented and successful young man. It is also a fact that I regard you as a friend and an owner who has made a contribution to the league in general and been a savior to New York, New Jersey in particular. While others may be able to let your insensitive and denigrating comments pass, I no longer will. You are bigger, younger, and stronger than I, which means I'll have no regrets whatsoever punching you right in the fucking mouth next time an instance occurs where you are, where you personally scorn me or anyone else who does not happen to salute and dance to your tune. I really wow. hope you. Wow. I really, I really hope you don't know that you are doing it, but you are not only damaging yourself with your associates, but alienating them as well. Think before you shoot, and when you do fire, stick to the message without killing the messenger. Kindest personal regards, John F. Bassett. Wow. That's amazing. Will that now, will that fit on my Twitter bio? Oh. I feel like that's pro- too many letters. Yeah, that's way too many letters. Damn it. Uh, but like that that goes to show you the kind of uh, contentious relationship these owners had with each other. Because you had guys like Bassett who was trying to run a, a very steady organization. And then you had guys like Trump who had the money to back it up. And then you had owners like the owner of the LA Express and then uh, Mangus down in San Antonio, uh, which was another great segment where, you know, Rick Neuheisel, who was the quarterback for that team, was like, bro, gumball rally just to go get our, our fucking checks. <laughs> I know? love that. I love that little bit. Oh, I mean, man. Now, it because was, they knew that, you know, only the fr- first half were going to be able to cash their checks. The second half were going to bounce. Yeah. And the. I mean, if when you read the book, when you read this book, like he talked, uh, Perlman talked to a lot of the old San Antonio players. They're like, bro, you should have seen the field we played on. It was turf. And you would have like six inch offsets and where it was late. So like sometimes you're climbing up, you know, like you're climbing up to get to over the 50 yard line. And then you'll trip over a segment of the turf that didn't sit right. Like it was like the, the entire league was a shit show. But then you had players like Jim Kelly and Reggie White, um, you know, Doug Flutie, Herschel Walker, who went maybe he wasn't as good in the NFL as he was in the USFL, but he had a good 10 year career in the NFL. Right. You know, um, I mean, his trade from Dallas alone uh, brought in every player for those three Super Bowl teams from Dallas. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Steve Young is probably one of the biggest names to come out of the yeah. USFL, and he bailed on the NFL. He was projected number one. Mm-hmm. Well, as of the August of 2015, that there were eight USFL alumni that were in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah so there I were mean, eight of them. So I mean, it's not like it's not like it was completely like defunct of talent. Like no, they they were like it was well, it was decent. Well, no, I mean it was in terms of talent, it was better than decent. I think they yeah. said in at the very end of the show they said something like. A hundred and something players from the USFL went to the NFL the following year after it folded yeah. and like 18 or something made the Pro Bowl the following season. That's the crazy yeah. thing is like Anthony Carter, uh, who ended up being one of the, uh, you know, great find from the USFL. Like he wasn't on anybody in the NFL's draft board, you know, at the time he was just a dude and right. he ends up. Just torching people. You know, Jim Kelly was another one of those guys like Steve Young. He was supposed to go high, but he was originally drafted by the Bills. And he's like, I'm not going to fucking Buffalo. I played college <laughs> football in Miami, Florida. I'm not going to Buffalo. Um, you know, so, I mean, it just the, the, it had a, a great talent base. The entire league did. But, you know, talent isn't going to fix the bad business. No, uh, definitely uh, yeah, the not. business that, part of it. Yeah. 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 You know, and when you've got guys like Mangus who can't afford payroll 
and, and owners that are merging teams because they, they you know, they're so bad, um, you know, and they sign these shit like uh, deals to, to play in these stadiums. You know, I, you know, it, 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 you know, all the talent in the world is not going to fix that, you know, definitely. Um, but I really dug how they opened up with showing off the check, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and they handed it to Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, I mean, three dollar and seventy six cent check, which was my favorite part of that entire thing. It is still not cashed, by the way. Oh, I know. Yep. They, they they showed it in the documentary. Oh, they did? Yeah. Yep. It is still uh, not cashed. I mean, they sat down. That probably was, what, 2009, 2010 when that think, interview with Trump happened? I think so, yeah. Um, they handed him the check, and he's like, wow, uh, I don't want this. Yeah, he, he just – you could tell he felt dirty touching it. Um, but I was listening to a podcast on Wondery – called Business Wars, and they, they actually covered the NFL-USFL mm. thing. And what a lot of the jurors said was that Trump and his lawyer, Roy Cohn, who is a fucking disgusting person all on himself, you know, essentially made it, uh, the way they argued it, they made it so the jury was never going to return a big financial uh, award for it. Because mm-hmm. that's what that's what the ownership was waiting on. Uh, you know, the, the yeah. attorney the attorneys for the USFL were like, bro, you're going to get like six to 10, 10 billion with B billion dollars from the NFL. It's going to happen, you know? And then. Yeah. When I was dollar. doing, yeah. When I was doing my research on it, like for some reason I got really like wrapped up in the, tr- in, in that, in the trial. Well, yeah, it's a antitrust lawsuit against the NFL. Yeah. Which I mean, which tech, like the uh, the USFL, I mean, technically won that argument. Yeah, they did technically win it, but they weren't able um, on the other, you know, on the other stuff. They they weren't able to to do anything. And so, and by the way, that one dollar of nominal damage, by the way, uh, you need to triple that, sir, for the antitrust law. Yeah. So it was three dollars. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, it they, was they, they awarded one, but it ended up as three dollars and seventy six cents. Well, the seventy six yeah. cents was interest. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> had been accrued during the litigation. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's I, I think that's the kicker is that the USFL was the best chance for spring football to work. And we've seen that in recent history. Um, and, and you could even say that the, the, the trial between, you know, the antitrust trial with the NFL involved gave the NFL the impetus to cover, you know, Alliance of American football games during its short existence. Yeah. And, and, and allowing the XFL to put a game a week on the NFL network, you know, mm-hmm. so the NFL was bending over backwards, say, whoa, hey, we're going to be supportive. We're, we're not going to interfere. You know, we don't we don't want to mess with these guys. Um, but I mean, that really kind of took the wind out of the spring football sales. And if you look at every league since, you know, the ones that lasted longest were the World League of American football. And that only lasted two seasons. You know, and and then we've had in the last two years, we've had two leagues that, you know, didn't even make it a full season. So, I mean, one one was because of circumstances. Yeah. But even Uh, then, even then, for a guy who who sold three hundred billion dollars or three hundred million dollars of of stock. Right. So he can have cash reserves uh, to just kind of declare bankruptcy a, a, a few weeks after the league shuts down because of covid. I mean, was he really all in at that point? You know, um, I, I kind of expected better than a Vince McMahon this time around because he behaved himself and we didn't have, you know, former Nitro girls dancing on the sideline as cheerleaders this time. Nor did we have <laughs> 70 or 80 year old ladies. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but because I don't remember what team that was, but <laughs> I don't remember. But kind of too though, like to kind of go back. In with the whole like counting the chickens before they've hatched is you know like when the USFL USFL started like they were banking on the potential mm-hmm. and then when that didn't necessarily pan out the way they were hoping uh, people like you know Donald Trump that's when they wanted to start to actually directly 
um, compete with the NFL to kind of force the NFL's hand to to do a merger of of sorts to yeah. absorb some of the teams, you know, to try to kind of you know lessen the competition or whatever. Okay, well then when that didn't work out, then they went to suing the NFL. Yeah, and so it's yeah. always been this this one you know this one plan after another after another to hit the big payday, and guess what? None of them worked. Yeah, at all. I say the thing that made me laugh the most, maybe even more than the check. Was um, when Trump said, "You know, we had a we had a great lawsuit come out of it." Um, you, awesome! Dude, you got a three dollar and seventy cent check. Yeah. That's a great yeah. lawsuit. You you sued for like one point three billion, and you got three dollars. Yeah, I mean, it, we'll it round was, it to four. Yeah. Oh, or you know, or you know, it's definitely a, a W because you the NFL paid the legal fees. Okay, yeah. great, awesome. Yeah. I mean, Pete Rizal, when he was commissioned the NFL before Tagliabue, told Trump himself to his face, you are never going to own an NFL team. It's not going to fucking happen. No. So so Trump took this, like, he took that and was like, fuck it, I'll buy in the USFL. And like you said, Heather, I'll, I will force a merger. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, because of the way the generals played, um, like, I don't know if that would have been one of the teams that was brought in. <laughs> You know, especially in a market that already had the Jets and the Giants. Yeah. I mean, where where is the room for the third team? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, now like Tampa, which was a really well run organization. It was if they played good football, uh, definitely the stars. You know, they appeared in all three championship games. Right. Um, You know, essentially like, you know, the, the teams like that that were on good financial footing. Excuse me. They they would have been allowed in. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Trump may have had a you know money coming out of his ass at that at that time. But when you're asking the other owners of a league, you know your direct competitors, so to speak, to help pay a salary for a player, like come on, dude, you really think that's telling the NFL this should be a team, even if we move it out of New Jersey, New York area, uh, this should be a team that we bring into this small fraternity of owners. You know, like come on, dude, like get get fucked. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about a couple of the the positives that came out of the USFL that are still yeah. kind of in in effect. Um, we had the two point conversion, which hadn't been a thing until the USFL. Um, Not, no, the World League, uh, World Football League, actually had that in '74. Okay. Well, the but, NFL I mean, adopted it after the USFL did. Yep. Um, instant replay. Yeah. And salary. Um, oh yeah. The the as it was put at the end, it took sixty years for football salaries to reach seventy five thousand, and in three years it tripled. Yeah, and that's coming from a punter, uh, Sean Landetta, who played for the Stars, ended up playing like fifteen years for the Eagles after the fact. So you know he had an almost twenty year professional career. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it takes that. You can't be the only game in town, and. Uh, and 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 had the players paid well like it took major league baseball it took curtis flood challenging the reserve clause to to implement free agency to have teams bidding against themselves for players to drive up salaries in the uh in the uh, uh major league baseball and the world hockey association uh paid a shit ton of money they didn't have for players uh, which drove up salaries in the nhl and it took the usfl to do that for uh you know football players yeah you know, so, I mean, you have to have, like, there has to be some kind of competing interest in order to do that. Otherwise, these owners will just pay these guys for nothing. You know, they'll just be like, hey, man, you know, you're you're playing hard, but because I said so, I'm only going to pay you $50,000 for the season. You know, like, it's, it's fucking crazy to me. Well, and another, what this was kind of a, I guess, an unlikely positive, though, that came out of the collapse of the USFL Guess guess what team benefited the most out of that? Uh, I would probably say Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo. Yeah, the Jim Kelly. Buffalo Bills probably, like I said, like benefited the most out of yeah. all of this yeah. <laughs> from it. I mean, you could because, also make an argument for the 49ers. Yep. Yeah, no, the Bills were the ones that really got yeah. like scraped for their talent for uh, yeah. For, yeah. for the USFL. And so then once it ultimately collapsed, 
Well, guess where those players went right back to? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the and, Bills. And, the, and the thing is, Tim, you have to remember Steve Young was a Buccaneer before he was a Niner. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but definitely Kind of Buffalo. like Drew Brees as a Charger. I kind of forget that that period yeah. ever existed. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, well, but... I mean, Tampa well, I, ended up with Doug Williams and Steve Young on the roster after the fact. So, I mean, it, and then Williams ended up going to Washington and, and quarterbacking a Super Bowl team. Um, and when the Buccaneers picked up Vinny Testaverde, they essentially let Young go for nothing. And yeah. he ends up winning a Super Bowl and, and, and being one of the best quarterbacks to ever put pads on. So, yeah, but I mean, definitely, Heather, Buffalo, I mean, they, they ended up. I mean, just Jim Kelly himself, you know, the guy who said, I will never play in Buffalo, ends up moving to Buffalo, and that's where he lives to this day, you know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> they went, they went, they went 4-28 over the course of 1994, uh, 1984 and 85, because of the USFL. Yeah. That was I mean, their record. That's fucking so. crazy. I mean, and the thing is, Jim Kelly gets there. Uh, completely revamped offenses in, in the NFL. It was Buffalo and Houston that ran the run and shoot, uh, you know, and then Buffalo ends up going to four straight Super Bowls, and it's a shame they couldn't pull out one of them. But. <laughs> yeah, because they all got, because what, because the Bills, because in it, the Bills, you know, wound up getting Cribs, Kelly, uh, Kent Hull, Ray Bentley, Bruce DeHaven, uh, Bill Polian, and uh, Merv Levy. Yeah. So, like, they 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 kind of hit the lottery once it all fell apart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, when you think about it, the, the shitty front office of Buffalo drafting all those guys, uh, you know, and then just sitting on their draft rights until, oh, man, the league went under. Now, exactly. I was, I was literally <laughs> about to say, can you imagine that Monday morning in the office when they were like, oh, my God, our prayers have been answered. Well, imagine being the GM that did that, Heather, and then losing your job to Bill Polian when he's essentially when he's a you know a front office free agent or the head coach at the time. Like, oh man, Marv Levy needs a job. God damn it! Right. And then, you know, like you said, Monday morning, you know that front office crew is just like, yes. And on Tuesday, the owner's like, like, you're Christmas. fired, and you're fired, and you're fired. <laughs> hey. Hey, Bill and Marv, coming over here. Bring all those USL right. ball guys with you, you know? <laughs> the Bills are coming back, baby. The Bills are coming back. And they did. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it for me, it's always bittersweet because I want football all the time. I, you yeah. know, you guys know I love football. I, I'll watch spring football. I'll watch the CFL. I was an avid uh, arena league watcher, you know, and I, I just, I need something to get me through. Super Bowl, the end of the Super Bowl and and kickoff, you know, for college teams in August. And I I don't understand why our viewers who are so football crazy, right? They're they're and and they are like the NFL is the number one game in town, you know, Um, you know, football is definitely past baseball is America's pastime at this point. And why there isn't the support for spring football um, that you'd think there would be with people being so football crazy. I have to say uh, the XFL definitely had a pretty good following among our listeners. Yeah. Well, it was hard not to. Okay. Because it was fun. All right. Right? I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I think the only knock against the XFL was why put teams in LA and New York though? Like you're not going to get those dollars. You, You could, you could have went to a smaller city like say Memphis or, um, you know, Birmingham and Alabama, where they, they have. I mean, support. the iron were popular in the AAF. Yeah. But, you know, you, you, you go to these places that have shown support for the USFL teams and the and the World Football League teams, you know, that, that kind of, you know, these people turn out to watch because they want something to do in the spring, mm-hmm. you know. But why go to New York and L.A. where the Chargers can't even fill up their fucking stadium? You know, <laughs> I, I don't I don't get it. You know, and if you look it, at the, it, kind of cracked me up when we saw that shot of the 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 LA fans, and it was like empty in there. And I was like, "Well, dude, it, nothing's changed." The kick in the pills is they're playing in a soccer stadium, and they still couldn't fill this. They couldn't even get halfway up. You know, mm-hmm. and it just it makes no sense to me. Like, if you were going to go to Cali, go to Sacramento. You know, yeah. like oh, 
go to some place that doesn't have a big, you know, football team there already. Uh, but you know what the fuck do I know? Uh, all I know is um, after the last two seasons, if I ever struck it rich, I am definitely not starting a spring football league. I am oh, definitely, definitely not. not. It's, it's not going to work. <laughs> when this podcast takes off and we start making millions of dollars, I am not buying a team in a spring football league. Okay. And, I mean, any I feel like it's pretty thoughts? solid life advice for anybody. But okay, okay, yeah. Matt. You know, yeah. we'll get any- to that. Any final thoughts on the USFL and small potatoes? I just thought it was too short. I thought he could have done a lot more with it. Um, out of all the ones we've watched, uh, this is like the topic I'm really into. But I, I, it's it's been my least favorite one that we've we've kind of jumped uh, into. So, what about yeah, you? Yeah, I'm kind of on that. I'm, I'm yeah, because like like in in reading about it and everything, um, I was just kind of like, man. Like, for me, it's just like this little blip in football history, I guess. Just a little blip, and then that's it. But, I mean, it, I mean, it's it was fun to look into because, like, I, I didn't know any of this. I knew none of this. And so, um, and then, like I said, I did actually kind of really, like, got into the whole, like, the, the, the court case and how it you went, went down all the, the rabbit hole. Didn't you? I went down that rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, went, it did go all the way up to the U S Supreme court. Like it, it really did. Like I, I really, I got into that, but beyond that, I was just like, man, you know, yeah. I just think for a guy who was directly connected to the USFL, he should have went into it the way that, uh, you know, this is the XFL did, you know, an hour and a half, with with the access he had and knowing the players and all the front office people, you know, he could have done a lot more with it, but what the fuck do I know? You know? Well, I just, that'll wrap it up for this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on all social media at hometown crowd. You can get in the conversation at our hometown crowd podcast group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash hometown crowd pod. As always subscribe on your favorite podcast source. And if you're an iTunes or Apple podcast listener, leave us a review and we'll read it on the air. Be sure to check out all of the nine one Oh comedy a podcast network shows. That's just my face, dead girls talking and my marital tiffs. Uh, you can find out more information at nine one Oh comedy on Facebook for Mac and Heather. I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. Bye everyone. Bye. And don't let Donald Trump buy your sports team. Just don't. Yeah. Don't do that. That's always a bad idea. Don't, don't do it. <laughs>